Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 330 of Linux in the Hampshire, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And this is our Weekender Edition, where we'll talk about upcoming special events in the amateur radio and open source communities and some contests that you can do, new Linux distributions or interesting Linux distributions, and then we'll dive headlong into hedonism, where we get our food and drink on for everybody's pleasure. But tonight we have the usual cast of characters. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill NE4RD. And Bill is going to dive right into amateur radio contests and tell us what's coming up over the next two weeks. That's right. This weekend is a big one. It's the AWRL International DX Contest. It's the single sideband edition. It runs from March 7th, 0000 Zulu to March 8th, 2400 Zulu. Of course, the mode is single sideband, and the bands are 160 through 10. No work. Uh, you're going to have exchanges are pretty easy for U.S. stations. You're going to do uh, our, you know, your signal strength plus your state or province, so not your section, your state. So uh, you don't have to worry about eastern, western Florida and west central Florida and all of their stuff. It's just Florida. Um, and the non, uh, non-American and VE stations will just use RS and power. So be on the lookout for that 1K or 1000. And so pay attention to all that good stuff. So, uh, that's coming up this weekend. Uh, I didn't see anything else for this weekend that was, uh, that stood out as a big contest. So I'm, I'm not going to mention any other ones. <laughs> uh, but uh, next weekend we have a couple here. We have the, uh, quarter century wireless associations QSO party is going on. It's running from March 14th, 1800 Zulu to March 15th, 1800 Zulu. And its modes are voice, digital, and CW. Bands are 160 through 10, no work. And you can, uh, they have uh, separate classes if you want to do voice and digital only or CW only, or you can do mixed, do all three. The exchange is the last two digits of the first year you were licensed, plus your name, plus your state, province, or country, or your QCWA chapter. So, uh, sim- similar to, uh, Sweepstakes, I guess, would be uh, the closest uh, exchange that we can talk about there. Uh, the other contest that's going on is the South America 10-meter contest. And this is running uh, from March 14th, 1200 Zulu, to March 15th, 1200 Zulu. And the modes are single sideband and CW. Uh, so if you want to give 10 meters a try and you your beam is stuck in the south position from the U.S., <laughs> you can do it. And uh, the exchange there is your signal strength plus your CQ zone. Um, and then we have two state QSO parties. So if you're into that state QSO party challenge and already racking up the points, uh, you have Idaho and Oklahoma are going this weekend. All right. Very cool. So I was listening to a station as a special event. Let me, uh, find the log here. 
as he wanders away from his mic. <laughs> and I walked away from the microphone. <laughs> and I'm back. Yeah, okay, walking downstairs, walking back upstairs. Okay, here we go. Um, the station was on earlier. It's Papa Juliet Two Stroke Foxtrot Four Zulu, which is an interesting call sign. They're uh, in Curacao, apparently. So there's a special event, F4Z. F4Z. That is in PJ2 land, which apparently is Curacao. And they were operating today. I wasn't, uh, they were uh, in the middle of a huge pileup. So I'm not sure what it's for, but they may still be going tomorrow. Who knows? So anyway, that's that wasn't in the notes or anything. It's just something I thought of. So we have a couple of uh, amateur radio special event stations that are coming up. Uh, one sort of really, really big one. Uh, first, we have the Bataan Memorial Death March commemoration. Okay, that, that's like wordy unnecessarily. <laughs> I'll take that word out. Uh, this is operating from March 13th through the 16th, 1800 Zulu to 0600 Zulu daily. Uh, the call sign for this is Kilo 5 Bravo. Frequencies will be on or about 707 and 1425. Uh, what this is is the Mozilla Valley, Mozilla, I think, Mozilla Valley Radio Club will be operating in support of Batan Memorial Death March Race, operation of Ham Camp for HF Communication and Introduction of Ham Radio to the Public, attending the race. HF operations will be on PSK 31 uh, and 20 meters day and 40 meter at night. Uh, QSL by request with a self-addressed stamped envelope. If you would like a memorial from K5B. Uh, then there is Pi Day and the coincidental Einstein's birthday. Uh, the club operating this is N2RE, November 2 Radio Echo. Uh, Romeo Echo, sorry, just, you know, they're going to say radio though. Uh, frequencies <laughs> are 7.05, 7.12, 14.05, 14.25. The David Sarnoff Radio Club will host a special event station on March 14th in, con- this is 2015. <laughs> nice. 2020. In conjunction with the Princeton Pi Day and Einstein birthday party that will be held in Princeton, New Jersey. Princeton celebrates the amazing quote unquote coincidence like no other city on earth. DSRC will join in celebrating this occasion with an amateur radio special event to receive a special event QSL cards and self-addressed stamped business envelope along with your QSO information if you want something from them. And then there's the big one, the main bicentennial. There are actually 12 stations operating, 12 special events, um, and I guess there's going to be special certificates if you contact all of them. The call signs involved are K1B, K1J, K1P, W1C, W1H, W1K, W1L, W1O, W1P, W1S, W1W, and W1Y. They will be operating on everything. <laughs> CWSSB and digital are from 160 through 2 meters. The Maine Bicentennial Special Event Committee has put together a special event with call signs recognizing Maine's original nine counties from when the state was chartered in 1820. There will be three other special event stations operating from Jamestown Tavern in Freeport, Portland, and Boston in recognition of their contributions to Maine's statehood. Operations will take place on HF 6 and 2. No repeaters. Modes are CW phone and digital. This allows all Maine amateur radio operators to participate in some form. There will be certificates available once logs are available from the various stations that contacted the special event operators. 
More details on that will be available on the special event website. And a link to that and some additional information about the special event stations individually will be linked to in the show notes. So lots of stuff coming up. Uh, we have a couple of announcements, the ones we've been sort of talking about over the last couple of weekenders. The first one being our Hamvention 2020 campaign. Uh, we need to continue talking about this because the time is getting close. The donations are not going up at this point. Uh, you know, in past years, I think this is year number 10 that we've been doing this. In past years, the donations, they don't come in like daily, but they come in steadily. And that has not been the case this year. So. If you're, you know, the fence sitters, we need to have you come down off the fence, go to your PayPal account or whatever, and put $5 in the bucket. If you would, it would really help us out. Um, you know, one time a year we ask for money. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, we, we put a lot of the expense out of our own pockets, but we, we can't afford all of it because Bill has to travel. We have to travel. There's lots of expenses involved with everything, including the paraphernalia we bring, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, as it says in our little uh, blurb on GoFundMe, the $1,000 that we look for in donations is only half of the expense. So I don't even, I don't even think it covers half. Yeah. But I don't think we've done like an actual... I don't think we, yeah, no, I don't think we have either, but there, <laughs> there's a lot of expenses that come out of our own pockets. So. Yeah, I'm figuring a thousand is about half. So, and that's what we've figured since day one. So, if you have five dollars or ten or twenty or like a couple of the donors so far, a hundred, uh, feel free to drop that in the GoFundMe. The link to that is url.bcts.info/hv2020. It's posted all over Facebook and Twitter and on the website, et cetera, et cetera. We would really, really appreciate that. And make sure to please share that link with everybody you know, whether in person, at a club meeting, through social media, whatever. Uh, it will definitely help get the word out there. So thank you for that in advance. And uh, we still have the copy. We're, we're still working on some way to give it away. I guess we need to just bite the bullet and figure something out and do that soon yeah <laughs> so so we'll figure something out and uh let's say by the next episode we'll have a contest so there you go and it'll be a short contest it'll be like a between episodes from one episode to the next and then we'll we'll give coffee away and we'll send it out to people so we'll do that uh no challenge this week except if you would please donate to our hamvention campaign and then we'll stop mentioning that at least until the end of the show and uh then we'll move on to this weekend in open source and we have a distro to try and actually i threw the distro to try in here this week um it's called container linux formerly known as core os i I think we may have touched on core os maybe a long time ago i think we have yeah yeah um but it's been a while uh, they've changed the name now to Container Linux. It's a Linux-based operating system for servers. Apparently, they've been acquired or merged or now have oversight by Red Hat. Um, it's built from the ground up and designed primarily for the modern data center. Container Linux provides specialized tools for making the system secure, reliable, and up-to-date. I believe it's based on Gentoo, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, some of the more interesting features of the distribution include reliable updates and patches via fast patch, a dashboard for managing rolling updates via core update, a Docker for packaging applications, 
as well as support for bare metal. Container Linux runs on most cloud providers and virtualization platforms, and running a local VM on your laptop is a great dev environment. Container Linux is also designed with clustering in mind. So if you're looking for a development environment or a server platform or a cluster platform, you might take a look at Container Linux. I think the latest version is like 240 or something. I don't know where they get the number scheme, but... Yeah, 2430.0.0. So, yeah, big numbers. Big, big numbers. Yep. They've gone the Firefox route. So, all right. With that, let's move on to some, well, an open source event. And if if you're not prepared for this one already, you better get prepared quick. (laughs) You want to read this one? Um, Sure. Sorry. Focus on the program while we're here. (laughs) I was looking at something regarding the program. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So our event that's coming up is Scale 18X, March 5th through the 8th, 2020 in Pasadena, California, USA. Scale 18X expects to host 150 exhibitors this year along with nearly 130 sessions, tutorials, and special events. Scale is the largest community-run open-source and free software conference in North America. It's held annually in the greater Los Angeles area. Present. Submit a proposal for a session via our call for papers. I'm, I'm going to say those are over at this point. Probably, yeah. <laughs> since uh, since Scale was like, now, maybe you should have updated <laughs> yeah, those. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, cut and paste is a wonderful thing. We, yeah. can, we can update on the fly. What's going so, on? You should be yeah. there already. Yeah, That's right. you, yeah, you're you listening sh- to you this sh- at scale right now. Yeah, so <laughs> or you should be crawling off of a plane or something right now for this weekend. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, if you are in the area in the Pasadena area, you better book your butt over to scale because it's a happening place. So and I oh. haven't heard that uh, COVID nineteen has canceled it yet. So no, uh. oh, yeah. So <laughs> apparently, if it had been in Washington State, that would have been a different instance. But you know. yeah, that's true. It's a good thing. Uh, when's uh, Linux Fest Northwest? April. No, April. Isn't yeah. It, yeah, is it in, in April? April? Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so let's move on. Let's get out of the world of amateur radio. Let's get out of the world of open source. Let's jump into the world of hedonism and we'll dive straight into a really i would call excellently hedonistic dish because it's it's decadent and rich and the thing that's nice about it is it's super inexpensive because it's basically just an avocado a little crab meat some mayo and rice wait the rice is the thing i threw in it that's yeah the the rice is separate right right but just all of those things are inexpensive things. <laughs> the crab meat's pretty cheap. The crab, the crab meat, to, in order to do four avocados, was four bucks, and four the avocados are seventy five cents a piece. So right, and you got rice, and that's that's yeah, two right, meals yeah, that's right, for two cheap. people. Yeah, for about eight dollars, ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you need some mayonnaise and stuff, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that's, that's yeah. dirt cheap. But anyway, go ahead and tell them what it is. Okay, so this week is crab bombs. Um, and a few weeks ago, I pulled this recipe out of my got to make this file and tried it out. And you don't need a shot for this afterwards, by the way. I just said. Do what? They're crab bombs. I'm just oh, saying you huh. don't. <laughs> chaser. You need a chaser to go. <laughs> no, they're not that kind of shot. Yeah. The, the one that comes out of a syringe. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Russ loved it, and last night he requested it again. So it's a little time-consuming, but not too terribly bad. 
Um, and it's definitely worth it. Uh, you need some avocados, some crab meat. I used imitation, which we use a lot for sushi and stuff. So it's just fine. Some mayonnaise, some sriracha, uh, hot sauce, lemon juice, salt. And then for your breading for it, you need some flour, some egg wash, and some panko flakes, and some vegetable oils fried in. So... We'll give it a quick rundown. All right, yeah. You you cut your avocados in half lengthwise, discard the seed, remove the skin, keep the avocado intact, and place it in the freezer to kind of firm up a little bit while you're prepping everything else. Combine the crab, mayo, sriracha, lemon juice, salt, mix that well, and place that to, to equal out the other half of the avocado that you took away. So, you know, you've got, you'll have four avocado halves and basically enough crab meat to make a half of an avocado four times again on each one of these. Um, and again, stick that back in the freezer so it can firm up. Um, makes it much easier to deal with when you're trying to bread this stuff. Um, and then roll it in some flour, roll it in some egg wash, roll it in your panko and put it in some 350 degree oil for, you know, two or three minutes aside. And take it out, let them cool off for a second, cut them in half, cut your halves in half, and drizzle, I drizzled, uh, spicy mayo, uh, eel sauce, uh, wasabi mayo, and what we call blue cow sauce, which is like a lemon pepper mayonnaise. That and it, It's worth noting that when you cut them in half, cut them so that the halves you make when you cut ha- are half crab, half avocado, not like yeah. all avocado on one side and all crab right, on the right. other yeah, side. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you want to, you know, when it's on your plate, the avocado should be on the bottom, the crab should be on the top and slice down you know, lengthwise yeah, down, down through, through it. Yeah. So, and also don't use, use a ripe avocado and put it in the freezer to make it hard. Don't use an unripe hard, right, avocado because yeah, yeah. you will know. not have a good performance out of yeah, that. Yeah, no, so. you definitely you definitely want an, a soft avocado, not squishy, but soft. Um, but yeah, av- it, even, even an unripened avocado is kind of gooey when you're handling it outside of the, the shell. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, but they, they, they're kind of weird to eat. You you they're, want you want a decently of, they're kyber, kind of fibrous or something. Yeah, yeah. So, you want yeah. a decently soft but not like gooey, gooey, mushy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so all right, very cool. Yeah, and those things are wonderful. They're super tasty. I mean, even with uh, like a little, just a little sriracha or a spicy mayo and eel sauce on them. I mean, we do four sauces, but just those two would be good. Would be yeah. fantastic. So, That's and right. those are easy to come by. <laughs> and it's very colorful. I make yep. I make mine very colorful because I tent all the sauces. So yep, it looks a little uh, bohemian, but it's uh, incredibly tasty. Especially if you are think like things like uh, chirashi or poke or sushi or any of those sort of options. Uh, it's excellent. Yes. All right. So tonight I am going to do another uh, budget bourbon. That should always be in your bar if you are a bourbon drinker or want to be a bourbon drinker. And I'm going to do this without actually having this particular bourbon in front of me tonight. So um, I've had it enough times to know exactly what it's like. And I'm just saying that uh, like last time when we, we talked about larceny, lar- larceny is um, a, a sort of a different animal because it's a wheat whiskey. This is an actual Kentucky straight bourbon. 
um, a, a reasonably high rye Kentucky straight bourbon. And what it is is Wild Turkey 101. Now, there is an 81 version of Wild Turkey, um, but the the sort of punch, the bourbon punch isn't really there. Um, you can mix 101 or 81 equally well, but you're going to get a lot more flavor out of the 101, and it's n- only marginally more expensive. So I'm saying definitely go for the 101. Uh, Wild Turkey is a, distilled at low proof in order to help embody all of the barrel flavors during aging. This description says it comes out of the barrel at about 109 proof, needing only slight dilution before being bottled at 101. It's aged in number four char barrels, which is a very, very dark char. There, there are number five char barrels, uh, but they're rarely used for anything. Uh, it helps create the company's flavor profile and deep color. Wild Turkey master distiller Jimmy Russell is longest tenured active master distiller in the world with a career spanning 60 years. Uh, Wild Turkey 101 is a mash bill of 75% corn, 13% rye, 12% malted barley. It is, of course, 101 proof, 50.5% alcohol. Uh, it's made in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, United States. It does have a sort of caramel, toffee, um, light amber bourbon color. I mean, it's a classic. It's about as classic a bourbon as you're just going to find in general. Uh, the nose on it is, uh, toffee with a strong alcohol. Uh, it does, it's, it's not hiding the fact that it's 101 proof for sure. Uh, you do get vanilla, butterscotch, rye spice, and toasted oak. On the taste, you get a uh, classic bourbon all the way through, classic high rye bourbon, vanilla, oak, spices, cinnamon, hint of maple, and the underlying barrel char, uh, which is kind of hard to get away from when it's aged in number four. Uh, it's a blend of six, seven, and eight year old bourbons. So, you know, it's, it's going to have some barrel taste, uh, finishes medium in length, fairly dry on the, on the taste. The sweetness is all over the nose and the palate, but it goes away pretty quickly when, when it sort of dries off your tongue. Uh, you do get a heavy rye spice, pepper and oak taste. Um, it's a great mixer. You can drink it straight. It should be in everybody's bar because at $22 ish, sometimes less for a 750 milliliter bottle of it. It's really hard to beat, and like with the the uh, Larceny, it I can't put it into the 90s because it doesn't really approach the level of some of the, the really, really good bourbons, but it should definitely be a staple uh, as a, a daily drinker or a, an easy mixer or, you know, what have you in your bar at uh, Solid 89. So there you go, Kentucky Bourbon Wild Turkey 101. And Bill, do you have something? Well, you know, I was just gonna do another uh, another unobtainium beer, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I won't uh, I won't let you suffer with that. It's it's definitely an IPA, and uh, um, the only it's okay. thing cool let let us suffer. You're gonna let do suffer. these until you actually try an IPA called unobtainium. Unobtainium, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Okay, that, that's that. my my new thing to find a beer named that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So uh, the beer I'm drinking tonight is uh, is a is a great beer from Red Lodge Ales. It's available in Montana. Uh, they have it in a twin pack, and this one's called Harvest IPA, and uh, it's quite tasty. It's 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 an IPA, of course. I just put a picture of the flavor profile on the on the 
on the chat channel there. Color is golden. IBU is 60. Alcohol volume is 6.4%. And my favorite part is the awesomeness factor is 100%. So, uh, <laughs> and they put it right on the can. So you, uh, you can't miss it at all. And it, uh, it's, it's a great IPA. And I, I don't know if they're going to keep it around because, uh, I know they don't have it as a normal, like, rotator in the, uh, in the tap room. Uh, but it is available right now in uh, 12 packs split with uh, their double IPA, bent, uh, Broken Nail, which is a great double IPA as well. Um, but this is a nice uh, little pairing to go with your your double IPA is to have the, the regular IPA to go with it. So, um, but yeah, yeah, the, of course, uh, drinking Montana beers in Montana. All right. Very good. So you can have your bitter and slightly less bitter. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, very good. Well, with that, I believe we have come down to the end of the show. We should probably mention in here the folks who are with us tonight in the chat room. We had Tony KM4HSD, Steve K7HVT, Ted WA0EIR, and Don KC9ZMY. And uh, I'm not sure if we're going to be back to our regular recording night next week, but we may be. <laughs> Monday's uh, going to be bad, so yeah, probably, okay, be so probably not. You're, you're going to be gone on Tuesday. Me? Yeah, you'll be at work in Arkansas. I don't know that I will, but let's, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we we'll will, play it by uh, ear. <laughs> yeah, we'll play it by ear. We'll let everybody know, of course, on Twitter and Facebook uh, and via the mailing list um, what our recording schedule will be uh, as we know it. And we hope you tune in for the next live episode. Or if not that, at least come by and listen to the downloaded version. We appreciate everybody who listens to the show, and we really appreciate everybody who donates every month or every year and those who donate to our invention campaign it all helps us out one way or another and stay tuned for that coffee contest we'll be letting everybody know about that soon and in a week we'll have our long format episode so all kinds of things coming up and we're looking forward to xenia in may uh sans coronavirus so anyway We'll talk to you all very, very soon. Thanks for listening. I'm Russ, K5TUX. Sorry, I almost forgot. This has been episode number 330 of Linux in the Ham Shack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. (laughs) And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at 
info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or ham Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.